as we have gone through and heard the passion narrative, there's a lot of mindsets that we have, especially as we listen to it. Some of us are standing there about halfway through the passion narrative, wondering and pondering, why do we have to listen to this long, long, long passion narrative? Others are following very intently with the worship aid, with the books, to really keep an eye and follow through the passion narrative, knowing that it is long, but are still intent. While others, on the other hand, may then just kind of wander off by page number one and are just now standing here daydreaming, unattentive, and just waiting for it to be over. While others then are standing thinking, oh my gosh, my feet hurt, how much longer can the deacon keep reading because I'm ready to sit down? And all of that, all of it has in common suffering. But that suffering we endure and that we go through all belong and are part of a story. The story of salvation history, the story of you and I, the story of our relationship with God and how we truly and freely are able to respond to that. But the challenge in the midst of our suffering is how do we see God and his love for you and I? Where is God in the midst of all of this? And how is God helping me through it all? Because I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I'm going through suffering, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, I'm frustrated because I don't see God in my life. That suffering makes no sense to me because why would God allow me to endure suffering? Why would God put suffering in my life? I have done no wrong. I have been faithful to be in church every Sunday. I have followed his commandments, and why is there still suffering? Why am I going through what I am going through? And in our gospel reading today, we have a sequence of key players, key people that we see. The first person that we see is Judah, a man who was chosen by God, who loved God, and followed him. As he was following him, witnessed and saw all the great things that he has done. But all of a sudden, with a simple kiss, he betrays his own master. You and I can go through our lives witnessing and seeing all of this, but as soon as we get the opportunity to go on vacation and forget about Sunday obligations, we're ready to go. When it's an opportunity for us to climb the ladder in our corporation, our businesses, our work, but it requires us to work on Sundays, we're ready to jump on it, we're ready to take the job, and we'll figure out how God fits in all of it later. Then the next person we hear is Peter. 
Peter, different in, in his way, professes and beats his chest, saying, I, I love you, Lord. I know best, and I will remain faithful to you. I am confident that in the midst of all my struggles, in the midst of all these challenges that you say we're going to endure, I will remain faithful to you. But what happens? In the midst of challenge and difficulty, he scurries and runs away. He denies Jesus three times. And as Jesus gazes upon him, realizes exactly what he has done. So many times in our lives we can be like Peter. I know who God is. I am confident in my relationship with him. I can do it all. But as soon as our loved one is on their deathbed, we already denied Christ and are yelling and screaming. When our loved one is on their deathbed suffering in the midst of pain, we're already running away and unable to see the gaze of God's love. Finally, we get to Pilate, where his hands are tied in the midst of all of this, who wants to do right, who kind of knows what is right, but is swayed by the chaos of people, being afraid of losing power, his authority, and his freedom. And in the midst of that pressure put on by people, he collapses and he throws away the virtue, the man of character, the power, the strength that he has. We too, in the midst of our challenges in the world, when we're confronted whether or not we want to be Catholic, sometimes we can really just cave in to the pressure of this world. One simple question we can begin to ask ourselves is who is able to do the sign of the cross in front of all their co-workers during lunch and profess one's faith? In that opportunity, in that situation, I don't know about you, but I myself will cave into the pressure of society, tucked away in my own corner, quickly signing myself with the sign of the cross, rushing through my prayers so that no one sees that I am Catholic, so that no one judges me because I did the sign of the cross, so that I don't stand out in the midst of the crowd and be seen as different from those around us. And finally, Herod, a man who sees and has seen all the miracle that Jesus has done, all the great things that he has accomplished, and believes in some sense. But what happens is he comes to find out Jesus is not the God he imagined and he wanted and he's created. Sometimes in our own lives we can dictate and want God to work in a specific way. We want God to be framed into a box and do exactly what we want him to do. That is not God. 
But today, in all our readings, in all our celebrations, we are reminded, my dear brothers and sisters, of our story. Of our story in which Jesus Christ becomes man, enters into our reality, enters into our suffering, and shows us and leads us to the way. Leads us the way to the Father. And shows us exactly what it means to follow God, to be a follower of God, and how God has loved each and every one of us. Because after we see Pilate and Herod, the story breaks and goes to a different direction. He encounters characters. The first person he encounters is the women of Jerusalem. They're crying for Jesus. They are suffering in what they are seeing. But Jesus comforts them and gives them compassion. Tells them not to worry that that suffering that they're enduring, the tears that they are shedding, has meaning. The next person we hear Jesus encounters is the just man on the cross. In his encounter with Jesus Christ on the cross, he himself then is transformed and changed. In that transformation and change, he asks God, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. He didn't even ask Jesus to take him with, but he said to just remember me. In that transformation, one's life begins to change. One realizes the unworthiness in God's presence that we are, but yet God still loves us and is wanting to be a part of our lives. And finally, in that transformation, we see Joseph of Arimathaeus, who in his transformation is confident enough to go out into the world and profess what he believes, enact what he believes, and lives it out in the midst of challenges and suffering. So our story today, my dear brothers and sisters, is summed up very simply in our second reading today from St. Paul. Jesus Christ became man to help us, to guide us, and to walk with us in our suffering. He endured these sufferings so that he can show us the way to the Father, but most importantly, show us how to love one another and to love God. Love, my dear brothers and sisters, is not just words that roll out of our mouth. Love is not just something we say. Just like how we say, I love ice cream, that love is the same way we say, I love my mother. That love is completely different. But the love in which Jesus Christ is calling each and every one of us to enter into is the self-sacrificial love where one lays down one's life for the other without counting the cost, without counting how much I'm going to gain back, but to risk it all for the one we love. That's our story. That's the story we hear today. 
And that's the story that is still being written for you and I. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we all carry and have our own suffering. We all are suffering in our own different ways. But without that suffering Jesus endured on Holy Thursday and Good Friday, there cannot be an Easter Sunday. Because without that suffering, there is no new life. There is no resurrection. So in the midst of our suffering, my dear brothers and sisters, there is a promise of our Easter vigil. There is a promise of new life, a life in which there is no more suffering. Suffering will end. But it requires us to begin to walk and endure our suffering. So as we continue and prepare to celebrate Holy Week, we're going to be reminded of the suffering in which Christ endured. We all have our own suffering, my dear brothers and sisters. We all are walking into our Palm Sunday where we're confronted with that suffering. But let us remember and never forget, we will walk and endure that suffering with Christ. But in that suffering, even though we don't see it now, we won't see it tomorrow, we won't see it years down the line, but there will be a moment, there will be a time in which we will enter our Easter Sunday. There will be a day in which all our suffering will be gone. So let us be like the women of Jerusalem. Let us be like the repentant thief. Let us be like Joseph of Arimathaeus, be changed, be transformed by our suffering, by uniting it with God, so that we can be transformed and changed and made anew. Amen.